Alright, good morning everybody. This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Balance. You already know this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Not a whole lot of news today. Uh, we'll be going over the first round of the NCAA tournament. So I will be going over the action over the past couple of days. I will be doing some NFL news and some free agency as well. Uh, I'd also like to break down the, the next couple of episodes for you guys. Uh, the Mueller Report has been made public so uh whatever uh, i will be doing some more research on that uh, of course you already know about uh, for those of you who, who, who do not know uh, of course robert Mueller, uh special investigator for the uh, fbi has been doing some uh, investigation on trump and his campaign uh, he does have his findings and trump has told him to make those findings public so i will be having that at the top of the week uh to end off this week, however, uh, today I will be going over the first round, like I said, of the NCAA tournament. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, if I'm able to get on, like I said, it all depends on how I feel after work. I do work. Um, I do work, guys, so I do have a day job. So uh, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling up to it, which you know I'm hoping that I do, I could get the second round out to you guys tomorrow night. Um, as far as my immigration and the history of immigration in California and uh, Latino immigration as well, that series, I'm going to make that a standalone series by itself. I will not, uh, meaning I will not be putting it on a, a, a necessarily a episode with the news and my sports and all that. It'll be its own separate entity. And I plan on starting uh, my first episode for that series next week early. Uh, I I imagine if I don't put out an episode t uh, tomorrow night, uh, then my uh, my a regular episode uh, will be probably uh done monday morning so i'll probably put an episode for uh, my first episode out for my immigration series either tuesday or wednesday so look out for that as well i'm wrapping up my research there getting everything together i want to get some uh i want to hit up some books though so i i'm still doing some more research on that so as soon as i wrap up with that i'll have an episode ready for that uh, i also got some reviews on tap as well some video game reviews i also have a movie review that i'm working on so when we get to it, you will hear it. When I get to it, you will hear it. Believe me, I've been at work in two, in two, on two fronts, eastern and western front. I feel, yes, like a large army right now, one man doing it. Uh, but let's do it. Uh, let's get right into it for today. Like I said, I'll get into some uh, NFL news first. Let's get into some free agency, uh, starting off with running back Adrian Peterson. The OG signed a two-year $503 million deal <clears throat> which, with Washington. Now, I pretty much like the pickup. Uh, of course, I got to figure out some more things offensively, like a quarterback. Oh, actually, no, I, I do believe that they they've uh, they signed a quarterback um, eventually. Uh, they do have to uh, fill up some holes on the receiver uh, the receiver end. They did lose Jamison Crowder um, again. They have a solid defense. Now with they got A.B. locked up for the next couple of years, he's looking to build, at least to help out the rookie that they drafted last year from LSU, Darius Geis, who, as I mentioned uh, way back in the beginning of last year, last football season, that he missed out. Uh, he suffered, I believe, I want to say he suffered an ACL injury or something like that that kept him out a year. So uh, coming back coming back into this next year, it looks like the Redskins at least be solid on the running, uh, in the running game. So they have two Solid running backs. Let's see what they are able to do with them. Uh, moving on, uh, some more running back moves. Latavius Murray signed a four-year, $14 million deal with the New Orleans Saints. I'm a little bit surprised about that. I think he, uh, I think Mark Ingram's a lot, uh, uh, a way better back. Uh, but Mark Ingram found a job elsewhere. 
but I definitely thought he fit well with that offense, especially with uh, Alvin Kamara, their two-headed monster. I... You know, I've, I've got a chance to see Latavius Murray a lot because, of course, uh, he started his career off with the Raiders. Uh, in, in my opinion, he left a lot to be desired. I don't think he averaged a whole lot of uh, yards per carry. Uh, didn't really score a lot either uh, in his time with the Raiders. And I think his last year, last couple years with Minnesota, he just fell off the face of the earth, in my opinion. Uh, he... I thought Dalvin Cook did just as much as he did. Uh, so at four years, fourteen million, uh, I think New Orleans overspent a little bit. But again, they have a, a another. You could they have a they have a uh, a change of pace back to go along with Alvin Kamara. So for what it's worth, they do have that, and I'll give them some props for that. Uh, Golden Tate, the wide receiver, uh, he most recently wrapped up uh, his season with the Eagles. He's looking to uh, find a new home, and he did. He signed a four-year deal with a division rival. Uh, New York Giants were three hundred. Uh, sorry, thirty-seven point five million dollars. Uh, I I pretty much like the move. It's you know uh, only because of the fact that it's somebody uh, Eli Manning can throw the ball to. Of course, it does not address all their their uh, issues. They've lost a lot of people defensively, including Landon Collins, their best uh, their best their best defender. Period. Uh, again, to another division rival, that being the Redskins. So. Um, you know, the Giants, you know, for what it's worth, I don't know what their plan is. They're, they're saying that they're trying to rebuild. Uh, let's see who they draft. Um, the jury's still out on them. And finally, we have safety Tyron Matthew. Uh, actually, uh, one more before that. Uh, linebacker Clay Matthews, he signed a $16 million deal, uh, $16.75 million deal with the L.A. Rams for two years. Uh, he's going back to his alma mater, at least to the vicinity of his alma mater. He went to USC. So it's pretty much a hometown uh, homecoming for him. Uh, of course, a lot of his family played at the USC, too, including his father, I think, Bruce as well and finally safety tyron matthew formerly of the houston texans finds uh, a new a new spot this time uh being this is going to be kc kansas city uh kansas city signed it to a three-year deal worth 42 million dollars uh they definitely needed some uh secondary uh players they did lose a couple they have lost a couple defenders and secondary members uh so far in the past couple of days of free agency so a good pickup from him uh for them he's a young player i think he he hits pretty well he covers pretty well uh really good uh cover safety again and you can hit as well so good pickup from them of course they have some few uh holes they need to fill up but they're looking to uh challenge again in the, at least in the afc west uh moving on we have some uh a mo some more a little bit more of some nfl news one more one more story here and uh nfl officials uh met up recently and they're looking to add uh pass interference as well as late and unnecessary hits as as well as roughing the passer to the list of, of reviewable plays so if there's a foul or a flag called on that play uh they'll be able well, the goal is uh if they're able to pass this is to be able to go back and uh analyze what happened through instant replay which i, I think makes sense uh of course this is stemming from the issues that we had in the nfc championship game with the saints and the rams so uh, I think it's in good response to that. Um, you know, we'll get a chance to, to hopefully get the right call. Uh, the rules also need to pass. Uh, the rules need to be passed by 24 owners, meaning they need to agree on it. And it also needs to take a year uh, as sort of a test run for sort of for the league can see how it works and for them to find out if there needs to be amended to it or if it needs to be eradicated, so on and so forth. Now, when a flag isn't um, now. The stipulation is here when a flag 
isn't thrown, then a play will there will be no review at all. So if there's a flag thrown, there's going to be ample time to review it. They will give everybody uh you know some time to do that. But if there is no flag being called, then there is no need for a review. Again, I think that makes sense. That keeps the game going. You don't get uh, sidetracked on you know just any old thing. Uh, because the Redskins propose that all plays should be reviewed, which I, I, I think, you know, I mean, yeah, you can do it from, you know, from afar at another, you know, satellite location. That's fine. But really, is it really important that you review every play? I don't think so. Uh, league owners also suggested that an eighth official um, be able to judge the game from the air. So using some type of sky cam uh, to oversee some oversee play and oversee, um, I'm sorry, instant replay as well. So I think that'll be interesting uh, to give it a bird's eye view. Another angle from things I, also, I actually kind of agree with that. And finally, each uh, a lot of different teams did come up with their own uh with their own rules uh they uh the whole point is when these teams come together for these league meetings is for them to kind of all be uh participants and come up with ideas uh so every team uh or well, not not every team of course but a lot of teams did come up with some ideas uh for one uh the chiefs wanted uh implemented a rule uh of course they have to of course think about it and talk about it talk on it and everything like that but uh the chiefs for one uh planned well their their new plan was uh changing the rules for overtime so that everybody gets a chance uh to maintain possession uh, everybody gets a chance to score and um you know if of course if the defense steps up then the game is over but each team gets a chance to score each team gets a chance to uh get a chance it's not sudden death meaning it's you know you don't get a, a certain amount of time and uh whoever wants the, the coin toss they're able to score then the game's over no you have to go one more at least one more possession uh the other team gets a chance to score sort of like college football if you uh all my college football fans so there it's more implementing on those lines uh for now, I'm going to take a quick break. We're not going to take a whole lot of time here. Of course, like I said, it wasn't a whole lot to talk about today, uh, but we will get into this first round action of the NCAA tournament. This is a little bit in depth. A lot of, uh, uh, yeah, a good number of scores to go over from the past couple of days. So I will be right back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all, I am back. Of course, like I said, we'll be going over some of the NCAA tournament. Of course, we're going over round one. Uh, there's a few games to talk about because, of course, we it went over the, the course of two days. Uh, so let's get right into it. And everything started off with a 10-7 uh, matchup. The 10-seeded uh, Minnesota Gophers went up against the 7-seeded Louisville Cardinal. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota excuse, was, was able to get that upset win, 86-76. Um Again, both of these teams, in my opinion, were middle of the road, and they both kind of came in there on slumps. Um, I I'm not too sure if it's a real upset. Uh, only It's only, I think, really, honestly, it's a really upset only because of the seating at the moment, uh, you know, in, in, in the big grand scheme of things especially in their ne their next uh matchup in terms of that being minnesota they'll be facing uh michigan state i don't think they'll get the upset there so i you know it's hard to gauge honestly if you if you if you know a little bit about louisville basketball you you know that they struggled they came into this month uh losing a lot of games against really uh well actually they lost a lot of games with teams that did not even make the tournament same thing with minnesota so um 
a good game for Minnesota, just not a consistent or an even game um, from Louisville. They played very well offensively uh, for the first half, but again, of course, no real defense. But let's get into the stats real quick. Uh, for Minnesota, they were led by their guard, Gabe uh, Kalsher. He had 24 points and 8 rebounds. Uh, their guard, Amir Coffey, uh, one of my favorite guards. Uh, he plays very scrappy, underrated player at the moment, but he had 18 points, 6 uh, rebounds, and 2 assists. And uh, the forward, Jordan Murphy, also had 18 points and six rebounds for Louisville. They were led by their two guards, Christian Cunningham. He had 22 points and four assists. And uh, oh, sorry, uh, not their two guards, but their uh, their center, Stephen Enoch, had 14 points and seven uh, rebounds. Moving on, uh, 14 seeded Yale uh, took a loss to the number three seeded LSU, 74 to 79. Uh, uh, sorry, Florida State was able to get it done against the 13 seeded Vermont. Wildcats, I'm pretty sure that's what they call themselves. 76 to 69 is the final score there. Uh, Maryland was able to get it done against Belmont, who, of course, we talked about having to play a first four game just to get into the tournament. Uh, Maryland was able to pull that one off from the sixth seed. 79 to 77 is the final score there. Uh, next up, we have Auburn getting it done against uh, New Mexico State. 78 to 77. Uh, Michigan State, uh, the number two seed in the, in the, in the tournament, excuse me, Got it done against Bradley, 76-65. We also got Kansas getting it done against Northeastern in a pretty big way. 87-53 is the final score there. We also got Marquette going down in a big way, uh, in a big upset to Murray State. Uh, Marquette came in there as the fifth-seeded uh, fifth team. Of course, Murray State was a 12-seed. Uh, Murray State got that win, 83-64. to 64. John Morant is a truth. I believe he had about 20-something points. He is amazing. He's been scoring. Uh, he's been having big buckets all year. Uh, he's definitely an NBA prospect. Uh, definitely somebody that I've been seeing and been hearing up in a hearing about through the grapevine a whole lot this year. Uh, moving on, we have another battle of 10 and 7 seeds. Uh, this time, the 10th seed again. Once again, the 10th seed got it done. This time, it was Florida uh, getting it done against Nevada, 70 to 61. Uh, we also got St. Mary's going down in a blaze of glory to Villanova. They tried to come back. They tried to rally, uh, but it just did not go through for them. Uh, the final score here was 57-61. to 61. Uh, We also got another number two seed, Michigan, getting it done against Montana, uh, 77, uh, 70, sorry, 74-55. We also got the number three seeded Purdue Boilermakers getting it done against Old Dominion, 61-48. Uh, we also got Gonzaga. Zaga taking out Fairleigh Dickinson, another play-in team. Uh, remember, we talked about them the other night, getting that, getting a, a really come-from-behind come win uh, the other night. Um, but it did not happen against Gonzaga. Gonzaga just stormed through them. 87-49 is the final score there. Uh, we also got another upset. Uh, Seton Hall, the Big East team, of course. I, again, I don't really see it as an upset, of course, because Wofford, of course, was the higher seed. Uh, but Seton Hall got a lot of love because they're in a, a more well-known conference. Of course, they've, on paper, uh, they play better opponents. But in the back of my mind, I just I just like the way Wofford has been playing. I've really Researched them a little bit during the course of the year. Uh, they're a small school, so you don't get a chance to see them a whole lot on TV. So you really got to go out of your way to look them up. Um, and from what I've seen, 
I was not surprised in their ability to take out Seton Hall. I was almost, I was pretty much expecting it just because of the way Seton Hall has been playing offensively. Uh, but let's get right into these stats. For Seton Hall, they were led by their guard, Miles Powell. He had 27 points, leading all scores. He also had three assists and three rebounds. Uh, they also got help from their or Jared Roden, he had nine points and five rebounds. He was the next best scorer. Uh, like I said, offensively, they struggled mightily. Uh, we'll get into some more of that in a, just a second. Uh, for Wofford, they were helped out by Fletcher McGee, their big-time guard. He had 24 points. He also broke the NCAA. Yeah, so Fletcher McGee balled out. Uh, like I said, he broke the uh, NCAA, correct, uh, NCAA career record for three-pointers. He's made 509 in his career. That beats out Steph Curry for one. Uh, a couple other prominent three-point shooters. I can't remember which ones right now. Uh, but he definitely is going down in history with his performance uh, during this year and also uh, during the tournament as of yet. Uh, they'll be going on to play Kentucky. Uh, but let's go back to these stats. They were also helped out by the other guard, Nathan Hoover. He had 18 points and four rebounds. And their forward, Cameron Jackson, had four points, five assists, and also 10 rebounds. Again, this is the first tournament win for Wofford. Uh, this is a, this and this caps their 21st straight win just this year. Uh, like I said, they'll be going up against Kentucky, so that'll be a very tough test. Uh, but hey, uh, they they're not afraid. Uh, they went 13 and 28 from three, so pretty decent, um, decent, decent percentage there. Uh, of course, Fletcher McGee made a majority of those. I think he made yeah he made seven of them. Uh, Wofford did uh, hold a 17. Well, they went on a 17-0 run after Seton Hall uh, decided to go up uh, by a point. At, with ten more, with ten minutes to go. So at one point, yeah, like I said, ten with ten minutes to go, uh, Kentucky did go up by. I'm sorry, not Kentucky, but I'm sorry. Seton Hall went up by one, and then Wofford just came back and stormed through the building. Uh, it was a really good game by them. I was able to catch the highlights there. Just offense galore, shooting galore from Wofford. Seton Hall had no answers, but again, uh, when things got tough offensively for them, that's pretty much what happened. Of course, they had some good wins over the season against Marquette. Uh, Villanova, but again, um, Wofford just had too much offense for this for this team today and oh, last night, excuse me. Or oh, actually, uh, this would be Wednesday. Just too much, too much going on uh, for for Seton Hall. And uh, again, Seton Hall takes another disappointing exit out of the out of the tournament. It happens. Uh, moving on, uh, we got, of course, we got some more action here. Just a few more games to go over. Um, Duke, another, oh, actually, I'm sorry, uh, Kentucky, another another number one seed. Uh, got it done in an easy way against Abilene Christian. 79-49 uh, is the final score there. And uh, finally, we had the ninth and the eighth seed going at each other, Baylor and Syracuse. Baylor got the win there, 78-69. to And it was a similar story as to what happened between Seton Hall and Wofford, just a lot of good shooting uh, coming from Baylor and a lot of good uh, shooting from three coming from Baylor. So when you when you add that in there, uh, there's not too much you can do. Uh, for Baylor, they were led by their two guards, Makai uh, Mason. He had 22 points, four rebounds, and four assists. Jared Butler, he had 14 points, five rebounds, and four assists. For Syracuse, they got help from their uh, forward, Elijah Hughes, 25 points, three assists, and three rebounds. Uh, guard Tyus Jones also had 16 points, three rebounds, and two assists. For Baylor, uh, like I said, 
threes all over the place for them. They went 16 to 34. Uh, Syracuse only shot 41% from the field. And as far as Baylor goes, they had 20 assists as a team. They moved the ball around very well and found the open shot again. That's what they did. That was their calling card throughout the game, and they killed Syracuse again. These Big East teams this year just did not have a whole lot of defense, and when things got hard, whether it was Seton Hall, and I'm looking like, and, and you know, of course, it looks like the same type of same situation with Syracuse, just a lack of defense, especially from the, the arc, uh, from the perimeter, and they got killed. Uh, uh, Baylor will move on to play Gonzaga in the next round, and as for Syracuse, um, of course, this is an improvement from last year. They did not make the tournament at all, but uh, from, from a team that has so much history, um, for those of you who do not know, this team is a, one of those historical powerhouses. This is a down year for them. And uh, I'm, my question is, when is Jim Behan, their longtime coach for years and years and years, they've even named their basketball court after him, when does he retire and just say, you know what, it's time for uh, me to move on to the next journey? He's been there for a long time. And um, it, in my opinion, just as a basketball fan, it's, it's starting to show. But um uh, Moving on, we got some uh we got some action from last night as well, and still we have some upsets to talk about. So let's get right into it. Of course, uh the first score from yesterday was the number another ten and seven matchup. We had Iowa getting it done against Cincinnati, seventy nine to seventy two. We also had another matchup between nine and eight seeds. This time Oklahoma got it done against the number eight seed Ole Miss, ninety five to seventy two. A game that I another game that I really wasn't surprised about. Uh, next up, we have the 14 seeded Northern Kentucky squad going up against the number three seeded Texas Tech squad. Uh, Texas Tech got that win, 72 to 57. Here's one of the big uh, time upsets so far of the tournament. This is, in my opinion, the most significant at the moment. Uh, the number 13 seeded UC Irvine Ant Eaters got it done against the four seeded Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State Wildcats coming out of the Big 12. The final score there was 70-64. to 64. I thought this was a great game. Let's get into the stats. Uh, for UC Irvine, they were, of course, led by their two guards, Max Hazard. I brought his name up already earlier on a couple weeks ago. 19 points, 4 rebounds. And Evan Leonard also had 19 points as well. 6 rebounds and 4 assists. For Kansas State, they were led by uh, Kamal Stokes, the guard. 18 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. Um, they also got help from their forward, Makai um, Mauian. 15, uh, sorry, 14 points, 12 rebounds, double-double there, just not enough. Uh, some notes here from that game, some takeaways that I took from that game. There were 29 turnovers by both teams. I'm oh, sorry, 27 turnovers by both teams. In the first half, uh, UC Irvine coughed the ball up a lot, which led to a, a decent uh, first-half lead, or at least a, a, a first-half where Kansas State looked to be in control the majority of the time. Uh, and in the second half, it was still the two halves, because in the second half, Kansas State started to turn the ball over and cough it up a lot, leading to UC Irvine pretty much pulling away um at the end and uh uci had uh sorry yes uci had nine steals so again um for what it's worth uh you know not only did Kansas State just because not only uh well for one this team this this game took a frenetic pace especially in the second half uh you know both teams scoring so for the for for some of those turnovers you know for Kansas State they were just they were just a product of them just being a little bit sloppy just getting caught up in the speed of the game but again with the nine steals that UC Irvine was able to get it also it also proved that they got some defense as well uh and 64 points uh to keep a to keep a team like Kansas State at 64 points of course you're playing 
playing defense. Um, and uh, both both teams did shoot below 50%. So uh, there was a lot of good defense, uh, a lot of good, you know, forcing turnovers from both sides. So they really didn't get a whole lot of shot opportunities. Uh, they both shot for the same number of shots, 22. Uh, but again, the defensive pressure was there from both sides from the entire game. Like I said, a frenetic pace, just a whole lot of defense. So what, what was happening was they were trying to make things uh, happen quickly, uh, but they would just turn the ball over. They would drop a pass, you know, so on and so forth. Again, uh, UCI, again, had a little bit of a better defense because they were able to get those steals as opposed to just giving the ball away. But they were able to force things ha uh, force things to happen. I like the way that UC Irvine played. Uh, again, and this is their first tournament win, and they will be going on to face my squad, the Oregon Ducks, in the second round. So that should be a good matchup. Uh, moving on, uh, we also got uh, Colgate, the 15th seed, uh, going down to Tennessee. Uh, that final score there, I believe, was 70 to 77. Uh, we also got a 16th seed, Gardner Webb, taking a huge L to Virginia, a number number one seed. 56 to 71 is the final score there. Uh, speaking of the Ducks, they were able to get another big time tournament win. Uh, I think this one was also unexpected. Uh, this was coming against the fifth seeded, oh, I'm sorry, Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, final score here is 72 to 54. Let's go over these stats right quick. For Oregon, of course, as usual, they were led by their standout guard, Peyton Pritchard. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. He was all over the place getting it done. He had a range. He could go and he could score in the paint. He passed the ball very well. Uh, he's one of my players so far of the tournament. I liked his performance so far in the first round. Uh, they also got help from their two forwards, Lewis King and Paul White. Again, both played great games. Lewis King had 17 points and four rebounds. Paul White had 14 points and four rebounds. For Wisconsin, uh, again, they did not show up. Uh, they they pretty much choked, they choked their opportunity away. Uh, forward Ethan Happ had 12 points and eight rebounds. And Khalil Iverson, as far as I know, no relation to Allen Iverson, 12 points five rebounds uh for ducks this is their eight this is their eight straight win since last february uh when they lost to ucla they've been on fire they've been playing really great defensively they're holding teams to about 50 points how do you do it man it's it was outrageous uh and this is coming from a game that was tied 25 to 25 at the half so both of them kind of struggled in terms of scoring in the first half but again Oregon's defense uh, helped break them through. They kept forcing turnovers. They kept getting defensive rebounds. They kept getting the ball back. Um, the Oregon big men played great. Uh, King and White, they had 31 points combined. Uh, they did show you some touch. They, not only did they uh, attack the paint, uh, Paul White made some good plays in the basket. Lewis King made a lot of, some more good plays in the basket. Uh, but they showed you some range, too. They were both able to bust a couple of threes. Uh, Paul White, for, for example, was able to get a couple off in the second half that just really just put the game out of reach um and just overall like i said the defense from the ducks was unbearable uh they both of those big men at least had two or three blocks in that game as well uh as well as like all the turnovers as a team they were able to force so again a good showing from them defensively uh they're gonna need it against uc irvine another good defensive team uh but i liked what i saw obama even has the ducks going on a run i'm a little bit surprised because of course during the course of the season they weren't playing up to par in my opinion but 
I guess at this point, they finally decided to hit their stride. And it's good for me as a fan, for now, until <laughs> we lose. Uh, we have another 9-8 and eight matchup. This time it is uh, Washington and Utah State. Washington got the job done, 78-61. Uh, we also got one more uh, first first uh, sorry one more top seed no one more number one seed uh going at it in the first round actually two more uh going at it but let's go through this one right here uh duke got it done against north dakota state 85 to 62 uh for north dakota state they were helped by their two guards benny shaheed he had 20 points and three rebounds also jordan horn had 11 points and a rebound off the bench uh for duke of course they they got help from Zion and RJ. Not too much to say here. Uh, 25 points uh, from Zion Williamson. He also had uh, three rebounds. And also for RJ Barrett, he had 26 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. Now, Duke forced 13 turnovers. Immaculate. on. Uh, I mean, defense wins championships. This is why I think... Uh, teams like the Ducks, UC Irvine, and Duke could make are, are primed to make big runs. Even a team like Virginia, who might not score a whole lot of points, uh, and they did have an ugly uh, turn a conference tournament loss to Virginia. Uh, sorry, sorry, to Florida State, uh, that being Virginia. But again, they play really solid defense, and they really keep 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 teams down in terms of their scoring. So uh, I think Duke pretty much faces an easy run, uh, at least to. I would say at least the Elite Eight. That's when they're first, at least, and that would be the third, uh, about the fourth round of the tournament. That's when they're going to start getting some type of, some real pushback from these teams. Um, Duke only led by four at the start of the second half, but again, like I said, they exploded. A lot of great defense. Of course, you got Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, two, two pro, two pro uh, caliber talents. It's gonna be easy for you. Uh, RJ, uh, sorry, RJ and Zion. Speaking of which, are the first uh, pair of freshmen to, to to score 25 points or more in an NC tournament game. You gotta give it up to them. They're balling. They're young. And uh, if they stay one more year, uh, they're gonna sweep everything. <laughs> they might even go undefeated if they were to come back one more year. Uh, for North Dakota State, they only scored 35 points in the second half on 36% field goal shooting. Um, there might be a disparage. This, I mean, I think it, all that has to do with Duke's defense, just forcing the turnovers, keeping them out of uh, the paint, keeping them away from uh, high percentage shots. All you can say is Duke, Duke, Duke. Uh, Duke will go on uh, to face UCF in the second round, which pro which provides a good matchup uh, for Zion. They will be going. He will be going up against a seven six center by the name of Taco Fall. That should be a good matchup. I'm looking to see if Zion can dunk on him. Uh, believe me, if you can, everybody's going to be excited. Moving on, uh, we got the 12th seeded Liberty uh, squad getting it done against Mississippi State in a, in a minor upset. 80-76 uh, to 76 is the final score there. We also got Georgia State taking an L to Houston, 55-84. Houston is, is looking to continue a historical season for them. This is the most win that they've had so far uh, as a program in a season. That is so, and they're looking to push, uh, hopefully to a national cha uh, national championship. Uh, we also got UNC. Now this is the last number one seed uh, that got action in the uh, first round. Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina was able to get it done against Iona, a 16 seed, 88 to 73. We also got Central Florida UCF, aka UCF, getting it done against Virginia Commonwealth Uni University, uh, aka VCU, 75 to 58. We got Ohio 
State getting it done against Iowa State, 62 to 59, and finally bringing up the rear. The last, uh, the last matchup from last night, the number four seed Virginia Tech Hokies were able to get it done against the Billikens of St. Louis, 66 to 52. So it was a lot of action, of course. Like I said, uh, there will be a lot more action going on today and tomorrow as well, and I will be back to cover it, of course. Um, and before. So um, let's take a wrap for today. Uh, like I said, uh, tomorrow night or Monday morning, I will have your second round action ready for you guys. And I will also be going into Robert Mueller's special report. Uh, also, later on next week, I will be having my first uh, a, uh, my first episode on uh, the history of California immigration. So uh, a lot to, a lot of stuff on tap uh, for the future, uh, for the near future, that is. And I'll keep working on it and I'll be bringing it to you guys soon. Uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Y'all take care of each other. Peace out. One love. If you are looking to get in touch with me, I am on Facebook. That is at L Jamal Ajani. That is E L J A. J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. The same thing with the Instagram as well. I'm also on Snapchat. So the social social media presence is there. Uh, do not do not be afraid to interact with me. I will be around. Um, yeah. If you like to donate, if you would like to donate, I do have a uh, PayPal as well as a Cash App. Uh, Jay Butler for the Cash App and also for uh, the the PayPal is also the same as the Facebook, El Jamal Ajani. That is E L J A M A H. If not, if you cannot donate, please be feel feel free to still interact with me. Uh, give me any ideas you might want me to talk about. Any um, any corrections you might want to give me. Any uh any any um advice or anything like that. I'm looking to talk to you. I'm looking to reach out to you. I'm looking to make this channel better. I'm looking to make this show better. Of course, you guys already know. Uh, we are working to get to YouTube. Uh, ASAP. So yes, please keep on talking to me. Uh, it's it's worth it's worth it. I love all the the uh, the feedback that I do get, and uh, I'm just looking for more. And I'm looking to take it to the next level, y'all. So please, with y'all support, only it only works with y'all support. So please keep supporting me. Please keep interacting with me, and um, it means a lot to me. So before I let y'all go, one last, I love you, and um, I'm out. I'm out, y'all. Have a good day.